and welcome to Prophecy Girls, a Buffy rewatch podcast. I'm Stephanie Chow, pronouns she, her. And I'm Kara Babcock, pronouns she, her. Join us each week as we break down every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer from the beginning. This is a spoiler-free podcast, so whether you're watching for the first time or longtime fans like us, we'll be analyzing every episode, character, and storyline like it's our first time too. During this rewatch, we'll reminisce about our memories of Buffy, discuss the show's cultural impact, and provide honest commentary on the show from a 21st century lens. Thanks for listening. Now, on to the episode. Season 5, Episode 3, The Replacement. What an episode. <laughs> I'm really enjoying Season 5. I, I was expecting this good. one to be a flop, but it wasn't. I, I thought it was really good, really well done, really funny. Before we get into the episode, I want to say that today, you know, Buffy versus Dracula dropped. So episode one of season five. And uh, a lot of people noticed that we updated our intro and a lot of people said it threw them off. Good. We want to keep you on your toes, listeners. <laughs> it's exactly what we said when we said, I was like, should we switch roles this time? Because we always re-record uh, for every uh, season. We always re-record the intro. And I was like, should we switch roles? And Kara, you're like, ooh, chaotic. I love it. So it paid See, off. I'm seldom the chaos instigator, but I am a chaos follower. I'll go along with your evil plans, Steph. You are a chaos junkie, and that's why we get along mm-hmm. so well. Uh, so yeah, so that was fun. Uh, who knows what we'll bring for season six. Maybe we'll just get other people to record the intro. That might be funny too. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so the replacement. Two things I noticed a lot in this episode. One is that Riley's actually pretty funny in this episode. He's got like some funny lines. Um, I'll also add that Toph is also funny. <laughs> the demon oh, of the week. Toph. Classic Toph. He's he's a stand-up <laughs> comedian, that guy. But I really enjoyed the twists in this episode. I, as much as I say I don't remember a lot of season five, I actually do remember the plot twists of this episode. So I knew what was going to happen going into it. But as I was watching it, I was just really pleasantly surprised with how good I thought they were. Like there's a red herring in like the little metal dime or whatever. There's a lot of cute little twists in this that I that I thought worked really well. I think it's nice to have another Xander episode because this episode is similar to the Zeppo in that it really kind of puts things on Xander's point of view. And, you know, we didn't get much of a chance to slander Xander throughout season four because he just wasn't there. Like, he was in a lot of the episodes, but it feels like the development didn't focus that much on Xander. There was a little bit of Xander and Anya, and of course the whole running gag of Xander not having a steady job. But something I'm looking forward to in this season, now that it seems like the action is back in Sunnydale itself, you know, I don't know if Buffy's ever going back to the dorms like she seems to plan to because she promised she'd visit her mom, but she's still living at home. I have thoughts on that later. Yeah. So I just I like that. It seems like we're coming back to um, in some ways like the core, right? Like the the magic shop is going to be the new library for where everybody can gather and visit and Xander is back as kind of like more of part of the group. 
Uh, and I'm excited because that means more opportunity for Xander Slander. Yeah, yeah, a Xander-centric episode that works really well. I mean, the the other one that pops to mind is obviously the Zeppo, but also like Bewitched, Bothered, and Bewildered, right? Um, which obviously was not as good as the Zeppo was. So it's nice to see Xander back at the forefront so we can explore more of his insecurities. And I didn't realize that he was a twin. Like I learned that in my research today. So <laughs> I was trying to spot the points of where his twin shows up and it's hard because i guess they're identical so i really mm. couldn't tell i just thought it was like clever camera work so let's get into it xander anya buffy and riley are watching a movie in xander's basement uh while buffy studies and my note here is just look at all these straights like double dating with each other <laughs> <laughs> so as the token straight person on the show staff have you been on a double date like this before i have there's nothing better than a movie night in general, right? It doesn't have to be a double date. Oh, I agree with that. Yeah, but I've definitely double dated movie nighted. It's a classic. It's a classic thing for straight couples to go and do together. <laughs> um, I also noticed that Anya's arm is in a sling, and that's a big plot point for this episode. I didn't realize that she dislocated her shoulder when Dawn ran out of the house in the last episode and Mort punched her back inside. <laughs> Uh, it was a strong punch. It was, I mean, he didn't punch her shoulder. <laughs> it looked like she got knocked out, and then all of a sudden she's got a sling. Anyway, they had to show that she was injured in some way, and they had to definitely show it visually. They couldn't just say she had a concussion and that scared her. <laughs> so uh, Xander wants to offer them food because they're at his basement, uh, but the hot plate that he has down there, they suspect that a cat peed on it because it gives off a smell. <laughs> And Xander does say that he can set SpaghettiOs on top of the dryer for lukewarm goodness. And Riley says his first joke of the episode. He says, I had dryer food for lunch. <laughs> so there is something sad about this in that for Xander to suggest that implies he has done this. Yes. Uh, and there's a lot of sad things about Xander in this episode that we'll we'll see and we'll unpack. That you're, I caught that as well. I was also like, that is definitely not the first time he's tried it. So... They We hear banging upstairs, and clearly things are being thrown. People came into the house in a rush, in, a, in anger. Xander's father can be heard yelling at his mother, saying, like, I'm going to listen to your friend sober. And his mom is saying, you're a pig. And they start fighting, and dust falls from the roof, because clearly they're stomping around up there. And Xander is obviously awkward about this, and he says, maybe it's time to start looking for a new place, something a little nicer. Buffy, you've been to hell. They have one bedrooms, right? And at first I was like, no, she hasn't. Angel went to hell. And I was like, oh, no, she did. She went uh, in Anne. She was in that hell dimension for a bit. So I, I agree with you that that line did throw me at first. And I, so I was thinking about, yeah, the hell dimension. I can't think of another time. No. Right? Yeah, I, ca I can't either. So that must be what he's referring to. Buffy's not paying attention to them. Uh, and Riley is like, hey, how's the book coming? Right? And she's like, I'm fine. <laughs> So Riley reaches over and literally puts his hands in front of her to stop her from reading. And she's like, hey, I'm enjoying the study. And Riley's like, who are you lately? Give it up and enjoy the movie. So let's take note of that. Let's take just let's just take note here that Riley was like, you should stop doing this and pay attention to what's going on here on this double date night. Buffy says, yeah, I guess it's been a long day of the Crusades. I could take a break from the I could take a break from the violence for, ooh, fighting. And that's because there's a Kung Fu movie on. <laughs> and Xander says, incompetently dubbed Kung Fu, our most valuable Chinese import. And Anya says, much more dur durable than their hot plates. So 
that's a reference to Chinese culture, and I don't take offense because it's true. I've bought many things from China that have broken down quickly. <laughs> I mean, you lived there for a while. Yeah, it's cheap War, ass shit. It? I was gonna ask, like, are things more durable in China? Do they just send us the crummy stuff? No, no, no. Literally, like, here's a just a little story of my time in China. I stayed in an apartment there that was paid for by the school that I worked for. Um, literally, by like, I think two months before I left, the apartment I stayed in was literally breaking down. They didn't fix anything. They sent me to a new apartment. <laughs> They're like, the microwave didn't work anymore. The laundry machines were overflowing. Like everything, like the sink itself had like, like couldn't drain water anymore. So they're like, time to leave. And they sent me to a new one, which I think would also break down after probably a year of living there. Oh my goodness. So that's just my experience. Uh, I'm not speaking for all of China. I'm speaking for that one time I lived there. So... Riley starts massaging Buffy's shoulders and she starts moaning awkwardly. <laughs> She's like, um, okay, these two are really PDA, especially in this episode, but they have been since episode one of season five. I think we can probably guess why they're doing that. They want to show that like, Buffy's still into him, right? Buffy likes to make out with this guy because he's hot. It's just wear the wild things all day, all night. Yeah, they're touching orgasm walls. Then they go and watch Ugh. a movie, touch them again. Orgasm shoulders. <laughs> I'm just saying, if it were my friends, I don't know. Like, I'm not a PDA kind of person. So I think after a while, I'd be like, can you guys stop? But like, no one seems to mind in the Buffyverse. So Xander tries to do the same thing with Anya and like rub her shoulders. But she cries out in pain because her shoulders just get dislocated. Then she's like, I'm trying to concentrate on the kicking movie. And Buffy starts critiquing the movie fighting in it, right? She's like, oh, he should have did, you should have did like a flying kick. Yep, there, there. Now he does it kind of thing. And Riley says, Buffy, maybe you ought to leave the work behind sometimes. You're not always on Slayer duty. So there's, there's strike two. So how do you feel about Buffy criticizing your culture staff? <laughs> I mean, Buffy's a very good fighter. So I do trust her instincts, but I will say Buffy was destined to have those fighting powers where the the men of Kung Fu studied for years to get those gifts. So a little bit different, Buffy. I, I think I think she should she could do well to respect my culture a bit more and stop <laughs> killing so many of my countrymen <laughs> who frequent the cemeteries. From her laziness, might I add, they wouldn't be getting killed and turned into vampires so much if she did a little more slaying and a little less double date movie nights. <laughs> a little more proactive. <laughs> a little more proactive slaying, Buffy, please. Buffy says, hey, it would drive you crazy too if we were watching an army movie and they were all saluting backwards and invading willy-nilly. So... More crashing happens upstairs, and Xander hears his mom. Like, we all hear Xander's mom yell, you're going to run away? Yeah, because that's what you do best. And it's like, ooh, ooh. And Riley coughs during all this. And I, I don't know if he's coughing either because the dust fell down and he's coughing from the dust, or I think he's actually trying to pretend he can't hear it or, like, cough over it as a way to save Xander some grace here, which I think is really, really nice. And Anya rubs Xander's leg and like, you know, like I'm here for you. Uh, Buffy ignores everything and just keeps talking <laughs> about the fighting. And she says, you can't blame me for being critical. Willow's the same way when we watch a movie about witches. Isn't that right, Xander? And Xander's like, yeah, she's all like, what, a, what, a cauldron? Who uses a cauldron anymore? Cut to a demon using a cauldron. <laughs> 
Great cut. He's saying above the cauldron, the last of my forging is my pain, the price with which I purchase the death of the slayer. And he sticks his hand in the potion and he screams and his teeth light up like uh, black lights on him. And I was like, oh my God, it's either Kathy, like a demon just like Kathy was or a hyena spirit. What's happening here? Kara, what do you think of this guy's makeup? So I had the same thought that you did, which was this guy looks like the demons from... The roommate episode with Kathy last season, although we later learned that he's like the last of his clan, but maybe they're like related clans. Yes. He just, he's, he literally is a demon of the week, right? Like he shows up, like he's not connected to anything that's come previously. I don't know. Maybe he's going to be a bigger part of the plot. Like maybe, I don't know, you know, um, well, he's the last of, he's the last of his kind though. So it's not even like his kids can come get revenge. Like, He's just a demon of the week. Did Buffy slay his family and we missed it? <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> Why is it that he's coming after the Slayer right now? Why not three years ago? Yeah, never explained. <laughs> There's just... no backstory for Toth. Is there some fan fiction? Did somebody write like the Chronicles of Toth? Can you link us to that, please? Yeah, seriously. Or was he? Maybe his family was in the initiative and she slayed them <laughs> during the big showdown <laughs> in Primeval. Um, there's lots of uh, possibilities. <laughs> He's like, I gotta get revenge for my buddy Adam. <laughs> seriously. <laughs> Yeah, we'll never know what the hell this guy's problem is and why he has to take it out on Buffy, but it just is what it is. Uh, Let's back it up real quick, though, to Xander and his family. So we met his dad in a dream for the first time in Restless last season, and here we are getting, again, some blatant evidence, because before they've only ever hinted at his home life. Uh, but now we're hearing his parents fighting and talking about um, his alcohol consumption. And it's clearly abusive and violent because things are being thrown. The house is shaking, literally. And Xander is acting like, you know, he's embarrassed by it. He's tired of it, but it's very normal for him. So I just find that very interesting. Again, like, it's a shame that they're bringing it up now, beginning of season five. We should have been seeing this season one, two, and three when Xander's life at home as a teenager. Like, I think that would have made more sense. Um, So it's weird that we're getting it now, but it does give me sympathy for him and it sets up the rest of the sympathy that we're going to build for the episode for Xander here. Yeah. So now Xander's decided, well, time to move out. So they're going to visit an apartment and he brings along not just Anya, but (laughs) Buffy, Willow, Riley... (laughs) So Willow's excited and Xander's like, oh, don't get your hopes up. You know, this is a nice place, but the rent's really high. Uh, Anya says, but you have references. And Xander says uh, he has Albert, who is Xander. And I'm like, is this Xander in disguise? Does he have like a different voice? I'd like to meet Albert. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So they go into the apartment. and I'm curious, like, what do you think of this apartment stuff? It's so nice. It's really nice and spacious. Where have all these apartments been? Right? Is this is same building that Faith was in, but like not this the penthouse? This is a different part of Sunnydale. Like we don't <laughs> see a lot of Sunnydale. Um, we see Buffy's house, and we see we saw the school and the espresso pump, right? But like and the alleyway. Like, where is this building? That see this like white boy gangs do not frequent the streets of wherever this building is, right? There is <laughs> an upper class area in Sunnydale. Uh, I'm assuming Joyce and Buffy's house is middle class somewhere, and then Xander's would be lower class. This is actually probably where close to where Willow probably grew up in a nicer 
neighborhood. Um, but it is a very nice apartment, one bedroom clearly, but like huge. It's huge, square footage. It has a beautiful balcony. So like this is prime location. Lots of light coming in. So that's that's good. No vampires during the day. Spike's not going to come visit. <laughs> it's great for that. Um, you know that with the added uh, lightness of the season in general from the cameras of this of season five, it just looks extra lit. <laughs> it's above ground. Yeah, and then doesn't Buffy say that? Like it's it's not subterranean. It's <laughs> above subterranean. Yeah. Uh, my question is, what do you think this apartment would go for? In Sunnydale, like I really, I'm curious. I don't know. In, I mean, this is 2000, but what would the rent be? I don't even know what rent was like anywhere in 2000. Right? That's what I'm saying. But like, I mean, if this apartment were in Toronto in 2022, we're like, that's like a $3,500 to $4,000 apartment. Right. For Per month. Oh. Yeah. So Anya is ecstatic. She's like, I want it, pay anything. <laughs> so the real estate agent is showing them around. Uh, so she's like, you know, dressed all professional and she goes up to Riley, who's standing next to Buffy. And she's like, oh, you must be Xander Harris. <laughs> um, and that's because Riley is dressed like he's not even dressed that slickly. He's just no. wearing nice ish, like very casual clothes. And then Ryler pop Ryler <laughs> Xander. <laughs> Ryler could be Riley and Xander's chef. <laughs> I prefer Xylee, but yep. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right. Xylee's better. There, but Zy there is a bit of a Xylee ship going on in this episode. We can talk about that later. Xander pops out from behind them and says, oh, I'm Xander. And he's wearing, you know, his trademark uh, short-sleeved shirt over long-sleeved shirt. <laughs> um, with, uh, you know, is he wearing shorts or like short pants or something? I thought they were sweatpants. Um, that's what right. I put. The, but the contrasting colors, right? Like the maroon pants, yellow shirt, bright, like not Hawaiian, but like printed shirt over top compared to Riley. I think that's what we're doing here is we're comparing men to men. He's looking uncapped. Yes. And where yeah. Riley looks very put together. So the real estate agent, you know, you can see the change in her expression, her posture, her, you know, body language when Xander tries to shake her hand. Um, and Xander's like, oh, you know, these are all my friends. They won't always be around. Uh, and Willow says, yes, and we're also very clean and quiet. And Anya says, ooh, you can have Scooby meetings here in the living room. Giles can explain boring things over there. Uh, Willow notices there's a microwave in the <laughs> kitchenette, which is great. So she's like, ooh, we can have hot and cold running popcorn. <laughs> I'll add, too, that uh, another sick thing about this apartment is that it's furnished. Right. A lot of it is right. already there. And that's what it would jack up the rent price. But when you don't have to buy furniture, ka-ching, you know, like it's sweet. Well, and so we discover this because um, as the agent is saying, oh, you know, the phone and the electricity are already hooked up and there's a private balcony. Uh, will, uh, Xander goes in to open up the bedroom uh, and Riley and Buffy during this like five seconds that Anya's talking about where we can have Scooby meetings, Riley and Buffy snuck into the bedroom, closed the door, and started making out on the bed. What like what the fuck? What the what the fuck? That's another like why I brought up the PDA earlier is because then this scene happens and I was like, what's going on? Ten more seconds and they would have been naked under the covers, like where the wild things are. This is the bizarre behavior. Um, so uh, Xander's like, can you guys take it into the bedroom? <laughs> and they kind of look around. And he's like, oh, touche. Um, and then so the real estate agent is like, here's the application. And Xander's like, oh, can I just tell you my references? Because there's Albert. 
So she explains <laughs> there has to be a credit check. And Xander starts to get really nervous. Um, and she explains, you know, you have to pay first and last. And there's a security deposit. There's a small cleaning deposit. Uh, and she puts the, the total. And Anya doesn't even look. She just says, I'll take it. Uh, she's like, Xander, go get the furniture. I'll wait here. And then she turns to the agent and she says, he's been living in his drunken parents' basement where something urinated on the hot plate. <laughs> so Xander's like, uh, can we talk quietly over there? And he pulls her aside. Um, and Xander says, you know, this constructive job is ending and I'm not going to have any more money coming in. Uh, and you have your own place. And Anya's like, well, why can't they have it? And she's like, when I come to visit you, it has to be in that awful basement? And Xander says, not forever, just until things come together. So Anya doesn't like this. She says, which is when, Xander? Right now, things are looking pretty untogether, and you can't expect me to just wait around. Ooh. And Xander doesn't like that they're getting into a fight in front of everybody. So he's like, quiet. What's this? What's going on with you? And she says, my arm hurts, and I'm tired, and I don't really feel like taking a tour of beautiful things I can't have. So she storms out, which I understand. Like, I understand where Anya's coming from here. It's it's okay, especially if you are hurt, right? Like, it's okay to feel upset about things. And she's got a point. Like, I understand that Xander might be struggling to find his way through life, but he doesn't really seem to be considering his relationship with Anya as part of this, right? Yeah, exactly. So Xander does, like, tell the agent he'll fill out an application. And we cut to the magic shop where Giles is doing inventory and unloading boxes because he bought the place. And um, he turns around and the glowy demon is there, Kathy's friend. Um, and he says, the Slayer's not here. And Giles like holds up a rabbit's foot, which is just like happened to be the box he's holding. And the demon knocks it out of his hand. And Giles holds up a statue. And the demon's like, that is a fertility god. <laughs> maybe, maybe Toth uh, is going coming after Buffy because he had dealings with Joyce. Oh, maybe Joyce double crossed him. Yeah, and that like, and obviously he knows what the fertility god looks like and what statues look like because that's who he's dealing with. He's been dealing. Joyce strikes again. <laughs> Will we ever be free of her wrath of so her reign? <laughs> why does why would Toth think that the Slayer would be here? Like, I don't it's know. not like Giles has established that this is where the Slayer hangs out at this point. Literally, Toth is the biggest bewilderment I have faced yet in this series. Because why does he live in the dump? (laughs) Why is he in the dump? (laughs) And why, yeah, why did he come to the magic box looking for Buffy when Giles is there? Why? (laughs) There's so many things. Explain yourself, Toth. Come on our podcast and defend your actions. He's got he's got an amazing voice, by the way. But I did I really laughed at his delivery of that line. Like that is a fertility god, and um, he says, "You feeble man, you're not likely to strike." And Giles hits him numerous times, but does nothing, and he just like knocks Giles down and says, "You do not concern me," and he literally whooshes away. He's got, like, the whole outfit figured out. It's like he's watched Demon YouTube. You know, he's watching some demonic influencers being like, okay, I need a robe. Uh, I need a cauldron. Uh, I need a cool hideout. Um, how about the dump? Exactly. He's like, um, just as mysteriously as he arrived, he was gone or something like that. Like, like he's just like a mystical man, this man. Um 
Anyway, Giles is telling the Scoobies who came to the shop uh, about his fight. Willow says that the statue is Oofdar, goddess of childbirth. She's got some nice heft to her. (laughs) So Buffy is asking, you know, they're kind of teasing Giles about whether he got any licks in, right? Like, did he he hurt the demon? And um, at the end of the day, uh, Giles says, like, I'm not dead or unconscious. So I say bravo for me. And we applaud you, Giles, because this is the second joke in three episodes where that you've brought up yourself that you get knocked out a lot. So Giles does not give any fucks anymore. No. <laughs> He's making fun of himself. He like I just I, I just find that so funny. It's so meta. So Willow is looking at demons in a book and she's asking Giles if he recognizes any of them. Meanwhile, Xander is saying, so you bought the magic shop and were attacked before it opened. Who's up for a swinging chorus of I told you so, Symphony? Shut up, Xander. Shut up, Xander. You would, Xander. And we've been saying this for like four seasons. You are like Xander says, I told you so. He lives to tell people I told you so, which makes him a dickhead. So... Riley says, um, only this place does seem kind of dangerous. And Giles looks up and says, tough. <laughs> and Buffy says that that's British, a, a British expression that means, she says moron, right? Which is not a nice word. But it, this is a very timely episode to be talking about now because just today in our Discord, people were discussing the meaning of the British term ponce. Because <laughs> I believe, Cara, you and I were told it means something. But apparently that was wrong, and I don't. I just don't think I'm ever going to grasp British slang. Yeah, I mean, I think some of it can be regional, right? Some of it can be generational. So depending on where you grew up in particular parts of the UK, uh, and then, you know, the age and, and class and stuff, I can see how different people would have different interpretations. Um, but, I mean, we just... You know, neither of us is currently living in the UK, so we're just kind of deferring to what we hear from people because uh, we certainly want to be respectful when we are summarizing these episodes. Giles l- clarifies that Toth is the name of the demon, ancient demon, very strong, last survivor of the Tothric clan. It also says that for a demon, he's unusually sophisticated, which Kara, you and I have already talked about. <laughs> um, Buffy says, oh, should I should, should so I should discuss men's fashion with him before I cut his head off. And Giles says, no, no, like he does not fight, but barehanded. He uses tools and devices. He's very focused. And since he mentioned the Slayer, I think we know who his focus is. And Riley's like, he mentioned Buffy? Where we find him? And how hard can I kill him? Shut up, Riley. Tough guy. This guy's a tough guy. Like It's almost like his toxic masculinity just boils over once in a while and he's got to get it out. It's like, if I don't say that, I'm not a man. Even though Riley, like... uh, I'm sick of telling you this, my, my guy. It's been a year. Buffy doesn't need you to protect her ever. <laughs> Buffy needs you to be there to make out with in other people's apartments. That's what she needs you for. So Giles says he had a very specific olfactory presence. Um, and Xander makes a joke. Like, oh, the old factory. I hate that place. But he's like, he means he smelled, right? And Willow says that some demon rituals involve anointing with oil. And I was like, is that why Colin was called the anointed one? We never saw the master cover him with oil, as far as I'm concerned. I didn't want to see that old ass vampire cover a child with oil. But he was called the anointed one. This is true. So another mystery that this episode is unlocking here. Giles says he smelt very distinct, and that's why we go to the dump. So this is what I meant earlier. Like, Toth 
<laughs> lives in the dump and like why? <laughs> Uh, so the Scoobies are hunting. Toth is not the only one that lives at the dump. Spike also hangs out at the well, dump. Sp- Spike is scavenging. I think that's what we're supposed to get. Well, from we don't know exactly where his crypt is. It could be next to the dump. <laughs> so um, he has a dummy arm in one hand and a lamp in the other. And he has a shopping cart nearby full of stuff that he's collecting. And he tells them, yeah, I'm scavenging. Giles asks him if he has seen the demon. Tall, robed, skin sort of hanging off, deep voice. I don't agree with that, Giles. I didn't notice his skin hanging off. Did you? Or is that like the cracks with like the light coming? Yeah, I'm not, I'm not sure. That's weird. So Spike's like, oh, you mean the great tall roby thing like that one? And he points right behind them. Sure enough, Toth has heard them outside his door and he comes out and he attacks them. As he's shooting his little beam at them, Spike shouts, uh, big guy, kick her ass. And he shoots at Spike and it breaks the lamp in Spike's arm. And he was like, oh, very nice. I was on your side. And he goes, I feel sorry for that lamp. I love lamp. <laughs> it was a nice one. Um, so Toth shoots again and Xander actually pushes Buffy out of the way and he gets hit and falls into a garbage pile. And Toth just just disappears. <laughs> he just whoosh. Like we don't we don't know what happened to him. He's just gone now. And the Scoobies are helping Xander up and he's walking away and um we see Xander actually cuz they they leave the dump. But Xander's still at the dump. He's lying dun, dun, dun. on a bed of garbage as he should. So this goes back to something we were talking about at the end of season four, right? Which is how Xander will put his body on the line for the Scoobies and for Buffy. So in that sense, he is heroic. Like this is a heroic moment for Xander and I, I will give him props for that. Um, it's just that as we discussed, I think it was in our season four wrap up, you know, he's he's willing to put his body on the line because that's easy, but he's not willing to like do the actual hard work of like being emotionally mature. I agree. Um, I actually find it very hilarious that no one seems to question Xander's um, health after getting hit by a beam of light from Toth, the the last of the Tothran clan. (laughs) Because wouldn't you be concerned if you saw your friend get like bulldozed over by this beam of light and then he just like gets up like it's nothing? I mean, maybe they want to take him to the hospital, but he's like, I don't have insurance. And also it's the Sunnydale hospital. (laughs) Maybe they see the chatty doctor nearby i can just see it now they're dragging him into the hospital and the judgy doctor is like have you been doing drugs again (laughs) (laughs) you kids your kids and your drugs your baggy pants so it's morning xander wakes up at the dump and it's funny actually his his first line when he wakes up is anya are you trying to use the hot plate again (laughs) that made me laugh because it just gives you a sense of how bad that thing smelled when they turned it on. So he he's at the dump. Oh no. So he walks to his house and he tries to get into the door, but it's locked. And he's like shouting for Anya. Um, but he stubs his toe somehow and hobbles outside. He's like really, really um, klutzy in this, in this part. Um, he peers through the window and he sees himself. He sees another Xander combing his hair in the mirror in his apartment after taking a shower and he's putting on a nice shirt and pants and getting ready for the day. And Xander's like, oh my God, like that's, that's me, Buffy. I need Buffy. <laughs> and he gets up and he trips. He falls down right away. So we see him try to call Buffy on a payphone, 
And Alexander just walked the two blocks to Giles' house. It's not that hard. <laughs> but he he's trying to call Buffy, but then he sees himself walking past him and he decides to follow himself instead. So, ooh, what's going on here? Another double ganger. We cut to Buffy um, in her room at Joyce's house. Yes. And I have a point about this room. So clearly, like you said earlier, Buffy is living at home right now. And later we see Willow's dorm room and she is definitely living alone. I was so confused. But now my theory is that whatever is happening with Dawn, because we don't know anything about Dawn yet, somehow she's in their life now. And at the beginning of Buffy versus Dracula, Joyce was saying, I'm going to miss you when you go back to school. But now right. Buffy's living at home. So something changed in the middle yeah. of that episode where all of a sudden Buffy now lives at home and Willow moved in by herself into the dorm. No, Willow, I think Willow's living with Tara. Do you? Because, okay, well, she's not in this episode, so it was hard for me to she tell. And, she and Tara were unpacking last But episode, Tara could have right? been helping her unpack. That's not clear to me yet. My... Well, I'm not. No, I'm like. I'm just saying. My theory is that they're yeah, living yeah. together. Because you could be right. They, they, Willow might be living by herself. I don't know. Um, it's unclear. It's unclear. They're shacking up. That's a good thing. And having sex, <laughs> by which I mean glowing magic circles. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> many glowing magic circles only. Um, but yeah, that's my theory too. Is just that you know what this changed in Buffy versus Dracula. Something changed right in the middle of that episode. Yeah. So she's she's at home and Buffy's like, oh, they hung up. And she's talking to Riley, who's also there, because I guess Riley lives there now. Yeah, also Riley lives there. <laughs> Where's Riley working? He's the new Anya of the season. How is he making money? <laughs> Where point. does he live? Maybe he's living in the same apartment building as Anya. <laughs> They're roommates. Oh, my God. I would watch that show. That's what I. So Buffy's like, they've hung up and she holds up an axe and says, Okay, well, if this guy wants to play with weapons, I've got it covered from A to Z. Or she actually says A to Z because she's American, but I refuse to sully my tongue in that way. Um, she says axe to Z other axe. <laughs> Good one. <laughs> because she can't name, you know, a weapon that starts with Z. Uh, and then Riley is like, you know, he's he's kind of worried. Buffy's like, relax, another day, another demon. And Riley's like, I'll be good. So Buffy kisses him and they start making out and Dawn is standing in the doorway pretending to get sick, you know, which is what I would do <laughs> if my family members were making out in front of me. So Dawn's like, you know, Sharon, her, my friend Sharon's older brother knows a girl who died because she choked on her boyfriend's tongue. Ooh. And Buffy's like, go away, Dawn. So Dawn says, I'm not in your room. I'm in the hallway. The hallway doesn't belong to you. Buffy says, get out of here. Um, and Joyce comes out of her room. I assume that she's, you know, upset that they've interrupted her, her, is this midday, midday toke? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Dawn's like, mom, I could stand in the hallway, right? And Buffy says, she's watching us like a big freak. Okay, point of order. Buffy, your door was open. Dawn is right here. She's allowed to stand in the hallway. Should she be standing in the hallway watching you snog Riley? Probably not. But if you want private time with your boyfriend, close the fucking door. Buffy's not used to living at home. She's not quite sure subconsciously why she's at home right now. <laughs> she just is. <laughs> so Joyce says, uh, this must be my two teenage girls in the house headache. I thought it felt familiar. Oh, no. Joyce, do you have a headache? Go get that checked out, Joyce. <laughs> I, I assume, you know, that's just she hasn't 
being able to smoke yet today <laughs> yeah she's like i actually usually do it as soon as i wake up but like something else got in the way or no toth came to threaten me <laughs> he seemed like such a nice demon i just invited him you have no idea how hard it is to be a single woman in sunnydale <laughs> oh my god i wish we were in 2022 and joyce could be on dating apps oh okay that's the next instagram post i'm making right, joyce's, joyce i'm making joyce's dating profile Please do. Can you do a TikTok where you're just like pretending to be Joyce swiping on different people? <laughs> Toth, right. <laughs> Xander, um, left. <laughs> so Buffy says, nice work, Don. You gave her a headache. And Don says, I did not. Did I give you a headache, mom? I'm sure it's part of Buffy's. And Buffy's like, part of, part of it is Don's. And Joyce says, oh, it's so nice you learned to share. Nice. You girls sort this out yourselves. It's good for you. And she walks away, presumably to overdose on panned candy. <laughs> She's like, my last box is in the basement. I'll be right back. <laughs> love I'm sorry, her I don't know why so, so much. I, I think it's Joyce. the fact that like we have her, like we've gone without Joyce. As much as I was just lamenting the lack of Xander centric stuff in season four truly the thing that makes me upset about season four is we didn't get enough choice right like yeah defend season four all you want you cannot defend the absence of choice also i mean i already said earlier like season three like season five so far the three episodes have been like bangers joyce has been in every single episode she brings us so much joy coincidence i think not she's like the bringer of content for this podcast <laughs> like i love joyce joyce is our mascot <laughs> Um, uh, so Joyce walks away and Buffy says oh she didn't say I couldn't stand here sorry Dawn says that uh, and she gives that kind of like self-satisfied smirk and like head shake that uh, a 14 year old girl likes to you know she's she believes she's so smart uh, so Dawn slams the door in her face and sorry, why am I getting them confused Buffy slams the door in Dawn's face and Dawn says ow <laughs> Buffy you should do that from the very beginning Let's cut to Spike, who's doing weird shit. He's uh, putting his dummy pieces that he collected last night together. Um, there's a halter top on this dummy, and he puts a blonde wig on it. It's clearly a woman dummy with his blonde hair. And he looks at it and sees, he says, posh. And when he said the word posh, I was like, well, the, who is the poshest woman in Sunnydale? It's Joyce. <laughs> yeah, because blonde wig, you're thinking like, oh, like maybe Harmony. But yeah, when he said posh, I'm like, yeah choice it's obviously joyce so uh he then kicks it to the floor and it the okay here's the thing though he kicks it away from him but the head rolls <laughs> like it hits his legs and i was like what is what's the physics here um he picks it up and he says oh slayer one of these days so the joke i'll insert here is that he's so afraid that buffy will find out about his obsession with joyce because he knows that this is an impossible situation. Buffy will never let them be together. <laughs> the other note, though, is honestly, how fucking creepy is this? Yeah, I, I mean, it's still a little bit unclear what's going on here. Um, and so Spike's not in this episode other than these scenes. So I'm curious to see, like, clearly they're planting something here that's going to unfold over the rest of the season, the next couple of episodes. I don't know. But I agree with you. It's creepy. I'm just, like, not sure what's happening. Yeah, a part of me is also like, oh, we didn't know that he had his own collection of dolls Like while he was with Drusilla, who had all the dolls <laughs> that she collected. Perhaps he always had a, a 
bunch of dummies <laughs> in the back room that also got burnt down in the factory. We'll never know. So the cleaner Xander. So I, I had a trouble figuring out like, how am I going to refer to these Xanders? Um, I believe I called one posh Xander and the other one trash Xander. <laughs> so <laughs> this is posh Xander and he's gone to the construction site and he gets his helmet and he gets to work. And the, I will add, like, I'm pretty sure he's wearing the right boots. Um, he's got his glasses on, his gloves and his helmet. All the PPE is there that you need, except for his high-vis vest. So he doesn't pass the safety check for me. As he's working, his supervisor tells him to come meet him in the trailer because the job's winding down. He's talking to all the guys. So Xander goes into the trailer, and then Trash Xander has followed him to the construction site and is like muttering to himself. He says, welcome to payback, Mr. Evil Plan Face Stealer. You take my life, you get me being fired absolutely free. <laughs> so... While he's saying that, he's leaning against the porta potty, and the door opens, and he gets hit with the door. Inside the trailer, the supervisor is talking to Posh Sander, and he's saying all the stuff while Trash Sander is trying to listen and watch through the window of the trailer. The supervisor is asking Xander if he's been on the. He's like, "Yo, you've been on the job for three months, and you haven't had much construction work before." Uh, he says, well, that's really surprising because your work here has been first rate. We have another job lined up in Carleton once we finish here. You ever think about staying on full time? They're going all the way to Ottawa? <laughs> You're going to Ottawa, Canada? Interesting. So... Um, well, this is this is really interesting. So the supervisor says that he wants Xander to head up our interior carpentry crew and see how it goes there. <laughs> Just see how it goes. Just, you know, you don't have any experience with carpentry, but how about we put you in charge of everything? This is how white men work. <laughs> This is what it this is what it gets you work a little bit hard for 3 months and you're the the head of a carpentry crew. Uh, Xander does not have his carpentry tradesman ship, you know? Like he has not right? gone to school for this. The union is not going to be happy about this. I can't believe that they're making him the lead because he wore a nice shirt today. <laughs> it's so easy for them. He's got a shiny thing too. Oh, yeah, he's, yeah, yeah. So Xander's been, uh, Posh Xander's been playing with this shiny thing this whole time. Uh, it looks like a shiny little dime. And um, he's basically saying like, yeah, that would be great. And Trash Xander's like, a promotion? But does he not see that shiny thing? And then he falls to the ground. The boss congratulates Xander, says you and your girl should go and celebrate. And Z Posh Xander is like, I already have an idea how. And we cut to the apartment where Xander is signing the lease. The agent is saying that you know his credit check went through everything was fine but she was surprised to hear back from him and trash xander is listening at the door the agent keeps calling xander mr harris and she says um, i heard that you're currently living in your basement your parents basement and posh xander says yeah there comes a point where you either have to move on or just buy yourself a klingon costume and go with it and this makes the agent laugh a little too hard in my opinion and she says well i hope you're happy here mr harris we're certainly happy to have you and he's still playing with that silver dime in her face and he's like thank you and the agent says if you need anything day or night please call me i'm leaving my home number here call me even for you know non-business stuff maybe we could do something but so she knows xander's with anya she don't care she don't care anya had a little tantrum in the living room yesterday that's not nice it's not nice but i mean some some women just don't care she's like mm. man this is a man that i need to have for myself fighting over xander harris okay 
I mean, why, hey, I think her standards should go right up, but like, I know, I'm not, I'm not going to get into this agent's business. So she leaves, and then Xander calls Anya, and he leaves a message on her phone, and he's like, I know you're probably still mad, but I figure you're probably sitting there pretending you're not home, but listening anyways. Um, and oh my God, we get a peek into Anya's apartment because Anya is indeed home. But uh, it's a nice apartment. It's cute. It looks like a loft. Like it's probably like one room with a bathroom. But like, sh- I don't know. Why don't you guys hang out there more often, right? Because it looks a little bit nicer than Xander's basement. Maybe not as big. How she's paying for it. I guess she's using her old demon money. Don't know. Anyway, Xander says, I have something to show you. Meet me at the apartment at nine o'clock. Posh Xander leaves the apartment, but Xander attacks him. And they stare at each other for a second. And then Posh Xander punches Trash Xander in the face and runs away while Xander shouts, I won't let you do this. Don't do this to me. And then he's like, I need Buffy. So it's raining. Pathetic fallacy, of course. Uh, So Xander's running to Giles' house. uh, And he looks through the window. But Posh Xander is already there. Um, so Posh Sanders also a faster runner. <laughs> or he drove. I don't know. Um, and he's talking to Buffy and Riley and Giles, and he's saying, he stole my face. We have to find it, and we have to kill it. So Trash Sander panics and says, she sees it's not me. Please, Buffy, resist his spell. Do this for me. And Buffy says to Posh Sander, don't worry, Xander. Whatever stole your face, it has to deal with the Slayer now. <laughs> Not the best dialogue, but okay. Trash Sanders gives up on that situation, and so he go- so he runs the five miles <laughs> to Willow Storm Room. <laughs> Didn't think we'd forget about that, did you? <laughs> I, I had to throw that in there. Xander is fit. Like I'll give that to him. Well, we saw a shirtless Xander earlier. Like he's in shape, so for sure he could run the five k, the five miles. Um, So Xander's like, "Don't be scared, Will. Just listen. It's me, Xander. I can prove it." And Willow, of course, has no idea what's going on. And and you're right, she is alone in the room. Like there's no terror in this episode, so I don't know what's going on. And Xander's like, "Okay, stuff that only you and me know." Um, On my seventh birthday, I wanted a toy fire truck, and I didn't get it. And you were real nice about it, and the house next door burned down, um, and real fire trucks came. And for years, I thought you started the fire for me. <laughs> I love that story. I think it's so cute. Well, I love how he's like things that only you and I know, and then he tells her something that like only he knew. True, true, true. <laughs> and then he says, for a while last year, I thought I was lactose intolerant, but it was just bad breed. Every <laughs> Christmas, we watch Charlie Brown together. Uh, and then do the Snoopy dance. So he starts doing the Snoopy dance, which, you know, Willow kind of laughs at this. And she's, she, you know, um, she's like, stop dancing. And Xander says, you call me Xander. Willow's like, why wouldn't I call you that? You, you are Xander. And Xander's like, well, I, I woke up in the dump this morning. And Willow says, your apartment is a dump. It's more of a really nice hovel. <laughs> Love it. And Xander's like, no, the city dump. I got hit last night. Fell down, boom, woke up this morning. And Willow says, nah, we walked you home last night, remember? Xander's like, last night that wasn't me. There was a double out there. Something has stolen my face and it's going around pretending to be me, hypnotizing people. He got to Buffy, Giles, and Riley. It's over there right now and they have no idea. My question to you, Kara, is like, what do you think's going on here? As like a first time watcher... What would your guess be right now? So, you know, this is not my first science fiction fantasy rodeo. This is a pretty classic scenario. Uh, Perhaps the most famous one being uh, Star Trek Season 1, I think Episode 5, The Enemy Within, 
where Captain Kirk, thanks to a transporter accident, gets split into good and evil versions of himself. Sorry, I'm pushing up my glasses. You can't see it, but I'm doing it. Nerd alert! (laughs) (laughs) Uh, And also, I think the dump was a reference to Superman 3, in which uh, contaminated kryptonite causes Superman to split into good and evil versions of himself. And that happened at the dump? Well, there's a fight scene at the dump where he vanquishes his evil self. How strange. It's it's not a good movie. Yeah, I was like, how did Toth (laughs) write that movie? (laughs) But so, so being split into two versions of yourself is a fairly common trope at this point. Which I th- I I don't think the writers are trying to be original here. I think they are leaning into this homage, if you will. Um, so so I kind of I think it's pretty obvious to me as as a viewer of this genre. What did you think, Steph? Yeah, I agree with you. I I like it coming at it from a first time watcher's point of view. I would think that the posh Sander is an evil version of Xander. Um, the right. question is, we just don't know how evil yet. It just seems like right now he's just kind of taken over his life and good at he's good at it. <laughs> he's suave Xander. Yeah, suave Xander might be a good way to describe it. So we cut to Giles, who um, is intrigued by this, this what's happening here, because he says, there's not a number of demons with the ability to mimic a simple form. Or there, there is a number. There are a number of demons that have the ability to mimic a simple form, but it sounds like more than that. And Xander's like, can we just kill it? And Riley says, when the imposter's killed, the body will probably turn back into whatever it is. So we'll know then. And Buffy just says, Toth, the demon with the creepy stick thing that was in my house earlier today. <laughs> it's got to be him. He hit Xander with that blast and somehow it allowed him to take Xander's form. Couldn't that be that creepy stick thing? Could that have been what it does? And Giles is like, yeah, it could be a shape-shifting device. And Xander says, it does make sense. It must be Toth. Uh, posh Xander is very... Very calm when he says that, right? Very suspicious, right? It must be Toth, of course, of course. <laughs> or is, are you Toth? <laughs> Toth is all of us, if you ask me. It's a little bit of Toth, Toth in all of us. <laughs> we are Toth. No. <laughs> Praise Malik, we are Toth. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in Willow's room, Trash Dander is not calm at all. And he's saying, it's a robot. It's an evil robot constructed from evil parts that look like me designed to do evil. I mean, we've seen robots in the show before, so... What I like about this scene right here is that Xander's wringing out his wet clothes into a bucket while he's sitting on Willow's bed. Where did she get the bucket from? (laughs) I mean, everyone has a a good bucket lying around, don't they? Um, What I like about it, though, is that you notice Willow put newspapers underneath Xander because he's sitting on her bed sheets, right? And one of my biggest pet peeves is, like, wet towels on the bed or, like, when you, like, damp dampen sheets so i just love that she put those down for him to sit on and willow says yeah it could be robots or it's toth <laughs> and xander's like oh it's toth all right so back at giles's buffy is saying i was gonna look for him anyway so i guess i'll just start looking for you and xander's like should i go with you i told anya that i would meet her at my new place um I'd feel a whole lot better knowing she's safe from that creep and buffy's like yeah yeah i'll be with her if you were if you were out there looking for the double two, let's just say that I wouldn't want to run into you and kill the wrong one. Wait, 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 wait. This doesn't make any sense. Okay, so you don't want to run into Xander and kill the wrong one. So why are you letting this Xander out of your sight? Because now you don't know which Xander you're running into, Buffy. Right. And also, you're just letting Xander go off by himself. Since when did you have confidence in Xander protecting himself from a demon? Or like in confidence in Xander protecting Anya from anything. 
You know what I would have done? I would have taken a marker and put a big X on this Sanders hand. <laughs> That's how I would have solved the problem. I mean, I would have done that anyway. <laughs> Just why not? Um, and even even more confusing for me is like, how does Buffy know automatically this is not the evil Xander? Right? Because she just so believes him right away. So uh, when Xander's think, saying, um, when you kill this thing, you'd better make sure you go, uh, you got you get the one who's actually, and then Trash Xander finishes the sentence and says, a demon! A demon has taken my life from me and he's living it better than I do. And Willow's like, yeah, yeah, we're working on it. Like, I have to find a spell that can unhypnotize Buffy and everything. That's right. Magic will solve everything, Willow. Well, Willow's go-to is magic for everything now. And Xander seems really put off. And Willow's like, well, you got to help me with this. And Xander says, but I never help. I get in trouble and Buffy saves me. And Willow says, that's not true. Sometimes we all save you. (laughs) Sometimes we all help to save you. Sometimes you're not even in trouble. Xander says, I'm just another great humiliation. This time it's even worse. This demon is taking my life and everyone's treating him like a grown-up. He's smarter and I don't know, maybe I should just let him have it. Take my life, please. And Willow's like, Xander, no, you're just tired and soggy. (laughs) That's why. (laughs) I love that. That's why it seems so hard, but you just can't let him take your whole existence. And Xander's like, well, why not? It's not like I was doing anything so great with it. When I get to the pearly gates, I'm sure the the guy's not going to go, hey, what a kick-ass comic book collection. Come on in. What have I got that's even worth? And then Xander clues in and he says, Anya, she won't know. He, he can't just, no, no way. He can take anything, but he can't have her. I need her. And Willow's like, really? So let's pause here. Uh, rude Willow, not the first time that you've thrown shade in Anya's direction. I just really thought <laughs> it's been a year. They've been together for over a year. Get used to it. On the other hand, f- at first, at first, I was like, no way. Because Xander, when he says Anya doesn't know, that's a doppelganger, a, a doppelganger. He can't just dot, dot, dot. At first, I really thought that this was going to be like a Buffy, Faith, Riley situation from Who Are You? When Faith and Riley slept together because Riley thought that Faith was Buffy. I thought that that's kind of what they're going to refer to and that I, that like he could potentially take advantage of Anya and rape her. But then silly me for thinking the show would ever take it to the level that it could potentially go to and then god forbid one of the characters realize that that's what could be doing so i I got ahead of myself there but i was like holy shit are they gonna talk about it but no Mm. no 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 he's right after that when he says he can take anything but he can't have her i need her it's not about that it's about his possession of her it's about that's mine well and the whole idea that anya is the only thing in his life that it has any kind of value not only is it sad but it's weird when you define yourself and your self-worth by whom you're with, because if Anya chose to end that relationship with him, you know, you shouldn't put all of your self-worth into your relationships, whether they're romantic or, or friendships or whatever. Like, I, I, I feel sorry for Xander in how he talks about himself. And I think that's something that the show doesn't, or at least up until this point, hasn't really adequately explored because he hides behind his humor, his self-deprecating humor. But like we saw with the dream and restless and stuff, like Xander should go to therapy. (laughs) Yeah, absolutely. And I think here he's coming out with his insecurities, right? Like 
I'm not doing anything with my life. Like there's nothing going on for me other than Anya. And like you're saying, I agree. I think that's really problematic. I think that's your, when you put all your eggs in one basket like that, you know, it's never a good sign. And I'd like to point out earlier, we made a joke about Xylee, right? The Xander and Riley of it all. But there are similarities here because Riley also has appeared to put all his eggs in Buffy's basket. Yeah, Riley doesn't have a job anymore. He's a freeloader. He's living at Joyce's rent free. (laughs) Does Joyce even know or is she just so baked out of her mind that she just thinks Riley's visiting? It's true. He just like, he's just like, okay, I'll see you in the morning. I'm going to bed. I assume you go home and then are here again for breakfast for waffles in the morning. Does she give Riley dinner in a bag every night and see him on his way? <laughs> no, I think that's Buffy's special treat for uh I for want her to guests. imagine, like, when did Buffy introduce Riley to dinner in a bag, right? Like the summer's tradition. Oh. I know that I would love to hear that story over a nice lemonade in the backyard one day. Um, but th- this is what I'm saying is that Riley, the only thing he has going for him right now is Buffy. Right. And I think by the end of the episode, he mm. might also kind of be like, wait a second, that might not be the best thing for me. Uh, but there's a little similarity between these two boys. So Xander tells Willow to figure out a spell because he has to go find Anya. And Willow says, Xander, you already knew that he was taking over your life and you didn't think about Anya until just now. And Xander says, hey, wait till you have an evil twin. See how you handle it. And he runs out. And this is the funniest line (laughs) in the episode. Willow says, I handled it fine. (laughs) She really did. She was freaked out, but then she like got her shit together and saved the bronze and saved her evil twin or as far as she knows yeah but not before sandy died justice for sandy who's definitely dead and will not will never be seeing her again um (laughs) so uh this was a weird thing for willow to bring up here clearly posh sander has anya on his mind whereas this sander doesn't um and i just found that a little bit fascinating and that willow called it out Xander goes to Anya's apartment. She's not there, but he hears the message. He he knows she's going to the apartment at nine and he starts going through her drawers looking for something. So at the apartment, Posh Xander has made a little picnic. He's, he, he's pulling an angel here. He's a little charcuterie picnic going on here with some grapes and shit, uh, champagne and glasses. And, and Anya's like, this is a trick. And he's like, no, no, trust me. Um, the guy got the apartment and he says, do you want to know why? Because I knew you wanted it. It's all for you. I'm throwing up a little bit in my mouth. You're p- pulling the dawn. You're like, <laughs> I'm standing outside their door. You know, it just occurred to me that she told that story about her friend, Sharon's older brother, who knew a girl who choked on her boyfriend's tongue. That's probably true. Cause this is Sunnydale. <laughs> oh my god you're right right remember we were talking in season three that the scoobies were so absorbed in the mayor's giant plot that like are the little day-by-day shenanigans of sunnydale high still happening without him without them working on the cases and i think they were and i think that's straight up from season three so anya is like well what happens next and xander's like we take off our clothes <laughs> and anya's like no no like next in our lives when do we get a car and a boat or i guess i don't need a boat but like a puppy or a child she made a list and she has it somewhere anya you wanted to trade your kids for cash last episode (laughs) at least they're giving anya some goddamn storylines here you know we've seen her now for two for three episodes and clearly the the game of life is on anya's mind right? She's finally like, okay, what's my place in this situation? 
where do I want to go from here? Starting with the game of life and then her getting hurt. And now this, she's getting an apartment with her boyfriend. So Xander says like, what are you talking about? And Anya says, we have to get going. I don't have time to just let these things happen. She says there is a hurry because she's dying. She only has a few, like as few as 50 years left. And Xander's like, oh, I see what's happening. This is about the sling, like her, her broken arm, her dislocated shoulder. You haven't been hurt like this since you became human. Maybe it's finally hitting you that what being human means. And Anya's like, no. <laughs> and Xander's like, yeah, it is. Like, you're, you were going to live for thousands of years, and now you're going to age and die. It must be terrifying. And Anya says, you don't understand what it's like. And Xander says, being suddenly human, I think I can get what that would be like. So that's the quote where I'm like, okay, so... Clearly, he, like people watching this for the first time must think that he is a demon. Like, why would he say that, right? Like, oh, a new human? I know what that's like. Yeah. This is Toph. <laughs> this is Toph all over the place. But why would you become Xander Toph? He meant to become Buffy. He wanted to become Buffy. <laughs> that's fair. I would love to become Buffy. So. Yes, <laughs> seriously. So Xander says that uh, we can go through this together. And Anya's like... Um, you can't make it different. I'm going to get old and you can't promise that you'll be with me when I'm wrinkly and my teeth are artificial and stuck to my wrinkly mouth with an adhesive. And Xander says, I can't promise that, but it doesn't sound terrible. And that's saying something. I promise you, Anya, very soon you won't be thinking about getting old. Ooh, is that a threat from Toph? They start to kiss just as uh, trash Xander runs in um, and says, get away from her. But I just want to pause here for a second because you notice how... This posh Xander, who who may or may not be Toph, is progressing so much in Xander's life, including his relationship with Anya. He's not only progressing his life with Anya and with this apartment, but he's progressing Anya's as well, who also seemed to be stuck in some way. Yeah, my note for this scene is in all caps and says, Xander is acting so mature and I don't know what to do. <laughs> uh I, I, I find this very fascinating. So let's see what happens when Trash Xander runs in. Anya's like, Xander? Xander? Like, just so confused. Posh Xander says, get out of here. You don't belong here. And Trash Xander's trying to get Anya to, like, see that it's him. Anya is really, really confused. And Posh Xander says, Anya, like, you know I'm me, right? And this makes so much sense to me because she looks at others, Xander, who's, like, filthy and wet and probably smells like Toph at the dump and he's just like she leans into posh sander of course she does and she's like what is it make it go away yeah make the poor people go away <laughs> yeah, let's get this uh, disgusting creature out of my sight um and i think that makes sense right because this is the guy that just made her feel better he just got her this apartment he's making everything he, he's <laughs> he's making steps for them he's making moves this guy so of course she thinks it's him so where giles's house uh, Riley and Buffy are making a plan. Uh, Buffy's saying, you check places where he might go to blend in uh, as Xander, and um, I'll check places where Toth might hang out. Uh, and Willow runs in, and Giles says, I swear, this time, I know I had that locked, <laughs> which okay. I love. Shout out. Where else does Buffy think Toth hangs out? <laughs> um, Adam's old cave. bronze. <laughs> <laughs> uh spike's crypt yep the docks the docks Ooh, there's so many Haven't places that talk could be the bus station <laughs> 
Yeah. <laughs> um, okay, so Willow runs in. Giles is like, I swear I had the door locked this time. You know, he's trying to learn. Um, and Giles is very meta in this episode. You're right. Right? So R- Riley's like, Buffy, Toth looks like Xander. He came to me. Uh, Xander's in terrible shape. You need to help him. And Riley says, oh, he came to us too. And Willow says, no, you didn't have a Xander. You had a demon in a Xander suit. And Buffy's like, well, what makes you so sure that yours is the right one? Same question to you, what Buffy. What makes you so sure, Buffy? <laughs> Willow says, well, he knew stuff. He did the Snoopy dance. And Giles behind them says, oh, dear Lord. And nobody pays attention to Giles. <laughs> so Riley says, well, our Xander did seem. And Buffy finishes his sentence because they're a gross couple and they do that now. Classic straights. <laughs> Forceful and confident. Um, and Willow says, that's not Xander. <laughs> Thanks, guys. Giles decides, well, I better repeat my line. And he says, I said, oh, dear Lord. And Buffy turns to him and says, you always say that. And Giles says, well, it's always important. And he says, neither Xander is a demon. Uh, the rod is called a ferula gemina. <laughs> of course. <laughs> uh, it splits a person into half, distilling personality traits into two separate bodies. As near as I can tell, Toth was attempting to split the Slayer into two different entities. And Buffy like puts on her face and says, two Buffies? <laughs> Giles says, yes, one with all the qualities inherent in Buffy Summers, the other with everything that belongs to the Slayer alone. The strength, the speed, the heritage. So we're we're kind of tapping again into this whole idea that the Slayer is qualities, right? It's this aspect that Buffy has um, that you could distill down. I don't know. And well, I think it's the the word heritage is very interesting here mm-hmm. because usually, like, like for example, if you split me in half, would like one person be Chinese and the other one would be, you oh, know, my that, other side? Yeah. Be like, who gets my heritage? Like, that's a very like both birth, both personalities arguably should still have the heritage, I would think. I, I mean, but but the fact that the Slayer heritage is, is its own thing is actually really fascinating. Uh, so he posits that when Xander got hit, it separated Xander and his strong points and weaknesses. So Riley asks, "Well, which one's the real one?" Uh, and Giles says, "They're both real. They're both Xander. Neither one of them is evil." <laughs> well, Giles, let's not let's not be too hasty. <laughs> Giles says there's nothing in either of them that our Xander didn't already possess. Um, and Riley says, why would Toth do this? Because Riley's, <laughs> Riley's only purpose here is to ask the questions that the dumb guy would ask for the audience. Toth is Riley's biggest nemesis right now because he probably Riley woke up this morning before Joyce always so he could leave and then come back with coffee. Um, but he saw Toth earlier in the hallway. He's like, wait, wait. <laughs> so he's just his brain is sizzling with what's going on here. <laughs> <laughs> so Riley's like, well, the Slayer would be unkillable. And Giles says, but they can't exist without each other. So if you kill the weaker Buffy half, the Slayer half dies. And Buffy says, the same goes with the Xanders. We lose one, we lose them both. Is it just me? Or are you like as mad as me that we missed out on the brilliance of an episode that would be two Slayers? Like two, like Buffy and the Slayer personalities? I would have loved to see that. Yeah. So we cut to Xander's confrontation with himself. Trash Xander is like, he's a demon. He's possibly a robot. <laughs> Look at me in the eyes. Can't you see it's me? And Anya's like, I don't know. Like She's getting confused. And um, he says, um, you have to know it's me. And Posh Xander says, don't worry, Anya. I'll get rid of this thing. 
I'm thinking this is going to last maybe 15 seconds because he's going to fight himself now. Uh, some hair pulling, some classic Xander on Xander hair pulling. And uh, as he advances on on Xander, Trash Xander pulls out a gun and he says, I'm thinking less. So they all start struggling with each other. Like all three of them go for the gun. <laughs> so in Riley's car, Buffy is saying like, Riley, do you wish? And he automatically says, no. You want to know if I wished you had gotten hit by the Ferula Gemina, <laughs> there it is again, um, and got split in two. And Buffy says, well, you've been kind of rankly about the whole Slayer gig. Instead of having Slayer Buffy, you could have Buffy Buffy. And Riley's like, I have Buffy Buffy. Being a Slayer is part of who you are. You keep thinking, I don't get that. So Riley, the reason she thinks you don't get that is because literally earlier this episode, you were saying, put away the studying and do straight double dating with me. Buffy, like you got to learn where to put the slaying away. You can't just watch this Kung Fu movie and show your expertise in fighting, right? Like he was the one that was stopping her from expressing her interest in Slayer, in her inner Slayerness right now. So, of course, she thinks that, Riley. So I, he's like, you don't get that. Well, be- Riley, you're not showing her that. Yeah, I, I mean, they picked a really great time to finally have a conversation about their relationship. <laughs> On the way to save Xander from Xander. Um, <laughs> yeah, I just found this really frustrating conversation. And then Buffy says, it's just I know how unfun it can be. Bad hours, frequent bruising, cranky monsters. And Riley says, Buffy, if you led a perfectly normal life, you wouldn't be half as crazy as you are. I gotta have that. I gotta have it all. We're talking toes, elbows, the whole bad ice skating movie obsession, all of it. There's no part of you I'm not in love with. Buffy doesn't say it back. She just smiles, right? And then she says, like, I hope we get to Xander. If Xander kills himself, he's dead. <laughs> so... So, number one, I don't know what bad ice skating movies they're talking about because there are not a lot of bad ice skating movies. <laughs> There's not a lot of ice skating movies, period. The only one I can think of that's terrible stars Michelle Trechtenberg called Ice Princess. Is that her fault? Uh, partly. She's super annoying in that movie. <laughs> anyway, anyway, I digress. This takes me all the way back to their conversation in Doomed. Remember one of the many conversations they had in that episode in season four, Riley talked to Buffy about his experiences with demon hunting and how he thinks it's exciting. It's like an adventure to him. And she's like, it's not an adventure to me. It's my life. It's life or death for me. Right. And she was laying out all the hardships that come with being the Slayer. Whereas Riley does see it as an adventure, as something exciting, something that gives him purpose and makes him feel like a man, basically. So, in my opinion, when he's saying this about Buffy, right? Like, a, oh, if I don't have the crazy in you, like, I don't feel alive. Like, I gotta have it. I think, like, a lot of the ways that he sees Buffy in his life, Buffy the superhero, Buffy the slayer, it gives him the same up feeling that he got from demon hunting as well. Like, she's part of that thrill. So I think he's saying some, like, good things here. Like, he's trying to make her feel better about who she is. But I don't know if I believe him. <laughs> Just in what we've seen. I mean, like you said, I think Riley needs to figure out his shit right now because he doesn't know who he is. For sure. And I'll also add to, again, Buffy doesn't say it back. This is the second time we've now heard Riley. Well, third, except the first time was, was Faith. But the second time that he's told Buffy herself to her face that he's in love with her and that he loves her so much, she didn't say it back. 
And this is a bad thing, right? This is a bad thing. This is, this is, and like, it doesn't even like occur to her to say it back. You notice like she just grins. She's like, he said something nice to me. It didn't even dawn on her that she mm-hmm. might want to say, I love you too. So, oh my, Riley notices that for sure. So let's get back to the apartment fight. Um, Posh Xander now has the gun and he's aiming it at Xander as Buffy and Riley come in. And Anya's like, he's got my gun. And Riley's like, you own a gun? (laughs) So Buffy um, is like, give it to me, right? So Xander unloads the gun very with one hand, very cool, and gives it to Anya and gives it back to Buffy. Buffy throws them both against the kitchen counter and they they all stare at them at at these Xander's. Why is Riley so surprised that Anya owns a gun? Sorry, is this not America? Does not everybody have a gun? No, that's very true. I would assume that all of them have many guns. Whenever I go to America, I'm like, wow, everyone's packing. I just know they are. So I like when they're all staring at them here because Riley's like, wild. <laughs> and she, Buffy says, Xander's, you've been split in two, but you're both Xander and you can't kill each other. And Xander's like, this, there's no way that's me. And Trash Xander says, he can't be me. He's all fancy. And <laughs> Riley says, we can prove you're both Xander. And Buffy says, what number am I thinking of? And both Xanders at the same time say 11 and a half. And Buffy's like, wrong. But see? <laughs> and, why um, would you guess that? I don't know. That's that's Why what would you guess if I said, guess what number I'm thinking of? Mm, six. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh my god, I was thinking six. Kara! Really? Yes! Really? That's my favorite number. I always think six. <laughs> you know why? Because um, in figure skating, they used to judge like six was the highest you could go. So it's always oh, been my okay. favorite number. But that's fucking freaky. Are we the same personality split? <laughs> I feel like we're just vibing, you know? We're the prophecy girls. <laughs> I love that we got that on recording. That's so fucking cool. Um, wow. <laughs> Nobody's going to believe that we didn't set that up. Oh, they think that we recorded it and re recorded it. No, I, that was 100% legit. I am fucking blown away. Um, as Riley says, you know, your different properties, different properties went into each of you, but you're both Xander. And Xander's like, what different properties? And it's really funny because Buffy and Riley are trying to like, I guess, spare his feelings to be like, well, one, I use the pathetic one. And the other one is like the confident, cool one. <laughs> um, so they're just like, Buffy says, sense of direction, good night vision, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, Xander points out the shiny disc in the other Xander's pocket like and how he uses it to hypnotize people and posh Xander's like what disc this and he takes it out and uh trash Xander's like cover your eyes it'll melt your brain and um he's like it's a nickel someone flattened on the railroad track I found it on the construction site I thought it was cool it's not magic and he shows Xander who's who's like oh it is pretty cool (laughs) so this is what I I thought was funny because um I think as a new watcher you might be watching him toy around with this little dime and think that it is part of the magic the part of the spell or whatever that's happening here turns out it's not it's just like happens he just happened to be playing with it right and i found that really clever so that that's when that's when toth comes in he floats in he breaks down the door oh dear (laughs) xander's not there for a single night and already his apartment's getting trashed by monsters I know, and Toth says, I will not miss again, Slayer. And he misses immediately. He, he shoots <laughs> he shoots at Buffy and marks up the floor. Xander's like, hey, I just made a small cleaning deposit. <laughs> so Riley jumps in to, to fight Toth, who promptly kicks his ass. Oh, Riley. I know. And uh, Buffy starts to fight 
Toth and good thing this apartment is so fucking big. <laughs> Riley throws Buffy a sword. She stabs Toth. Toth dies. That's uh Okay. That's so it. Toth's plan was bad. <laughs> yes. Like again, I'm inviting you to come on this podcast and explain yourself, Toth, because your plan was incredibly convoluted. You you built this weird stick tube gun thing. You can't aim worth shit. You split the wrong person in two. You, like, you're showing up just announcing your presence everywhere, being like, hello, I'm Toth, I'm here for this. Like, why didn't you just come kill the Slayer? Like, why didn't you snap her neck? Like, what the fuck, dude? <laughs> why are you so bad at this? Why are you so bad at finding Buffy, too? Because, like, first you attacked Giles, and then Buffy came to you at the dump. <laughs> and then here you are, you attack her when she's surrounded by by allies. <laughs> And you're very much by yourself, Toth. It's also very easy to kill you, right? We just stab you with a I sword. Feel like we're all, I feel like we're on, like, dinner party wars or something, and we're raiding, like, different attempts on Buffy's life. It's like, Toth, you know, you're like a zero. It's just sad. Like, Legos, who wasn't even after Buffy, put up a better fight. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> this is true. You know, uh, Gwendolyn Post almost got Buffy. <laughs> she had a pretty convoluted plan, too. She saw it through. Even he sucked out some of Buffy's soul. Like Slayer Fest 98 was amazing. Toth, you gotta step up your game, my dude. This is season five, Toth, all right? Like, <laughs> the fuck you think you're doing? All right, well, we're, we're gonna oh, go dear. to the magic shop. Um, Willow, Buffy are investigating the two Xanders, right? Because they have everything, everything's identical. Scars, zits, dip, dippy things, they say. Um, Riley says, psychologically, this is fascinating. Doesn't it make everyone want to lock them in separate rooms and do experiments on them? And then everyone looks at him, he's like, oh, just me. <laughs> And I thought that was a funny joke because, again, like, I think didn't Spike say it in a, a few episodes ago? You can take the boy out of the initiative, but you can't take the initiative out of the boy. <laughs> so Anya, my hero here, is saying, so you guys all have the same memories, the same physical attributes. And Xander says, we're completely identical. We checked out some stuff on the car ride over. <laughs> Fingerprints, he says. And Anya says to Giles, who's on the ground right now creating a spell circle or whatever. Uh, she says, well, maybe we shouldn't do this re reintegration thing right away. I can take the boys home and we can all have sex together. And then, you know, just slap them back together in the morning. <laughs> and um, Xander's like, she really wants to have sex with us together, which is, which is wrong. And it would be very confusing. So Xander, no, I don't think that's wrong at all. I think it's a very natural thing for her who has sex with you now there's two of you. Of course, she's going to want to have sex with both of you. <laughs> so Giles is says all we need to do now is arrange the candles um, and pretend that we heard none of the disturbing sex talk. Anya again says it's not cheating because they're both Xander, which is true. So weird, though. It, 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 I don't find that weird. I'm like, yeah, probably. <laughs> Would you have sex with a clone of yourself? Like, so if there's two of me? Yeah. Yeah. Wouldn't you? Interesting. No. Would it be the same as masturbation, would it not? No, because I don't know. It's another body. I don't think I'm into that. But maybe that's just me. Yeah, maybe that's just, hey, listeners, write in. <laughs> would you have sex with yourself and your partner? No, don't. don't. I don't need to know Or that. if your partner broke into two, would you have sex with the two of them? That's that's a, the better question, which the answer is absolutely yes. That's, you're, that's, yes, that, you're correct. That Sorry, that was that was the correct question. Yeah. Um, you're right. If you're having partnered sex and your partner gets split in two, would you have sex with both of them? 
I guess I can understand intellectually why that is appealing to Anya. Yeah, I, I just don't get it. You're, you're like, I, I personally wouldn't. I don't get wouldn't. the appeal of having sex with one of them. So. <laughs> we don't understand why Buffy and Riley have to make out in every room they go into either. There's lots of things going on here. So as they're getting the candles all set up, Xander asks other Xander how he got the promotion. And Xander says, I'm just good at that stuff. Uh, and then they, they kind of like joke about how that apartment manager lady was hitting on them. And they, she called them both Mr. And they both laughed together. And Anya says... What if we do this and it doesn't work? And both Xanders say, kills both Spock. And then they laugh together. And Buffy says, they're kind of the same now. And Giles says, yes, he's clearly a bad influence on himself. So true. So Xander's like, okay, summon the goddess. Chant, chant, let's do it. And Willow's like, this is actually not hard at all because your natural state is to be together. And Toth's spell is doing all the work to keep you apart. So I just need to break it. She stands them in the middle of the circle and uh, side by side. And then she says, let the spell be ended. And Xander's like, you got to be kidding. That's that's, that's not going to work. But then it turns out it did work because Xander's there by himself. One whole Xander. And Anya's like, I like it the other way. Put him back. So I, I just I have to point out because otherwise people will think I missed it. <laughs> um, but Zan- the Xander's line about where they say kill us both Spock is a reference to the enemy within where both the both the Kirks are in the same spot. There's a big confrontation down in engineering and Spock has a phaser uh, and he has to decide, like, what's he going to do? How is he going to resolve this? Right. And so, of course, you know, one of the solutions is you could stun both of the Kirks and sort it out later. And you might be surprised to learn, Steph, that this is not the only time in the show where Spock has to face down two identical Captain Kirks because later in the series, a deranged former Starfleet captain has a device that allows him to mimic other people's appearances, and he pretends to be Captain Kirk, and once again, Spock must choose between two Kirks. So <laughs> it, it's the kind of thing that happens more than once. I think they were running out of plot ideas at that point, but... I don't know if um, I can live in a that's... universe where that happened all the time. <laughs> right? Yeah. So exhausting. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that that's uh, Xander's line there is another reference they're clearly like referring to these duplicate plot lines in other tv shows mm, thanks for explaining that can we just talk briefly about xander because xander is his own worst enemy he really is that's what the whole point i think of this episode of splitting them right of splitting him in half the the side of him that is confident and believes in himself it's there right we don't see it very often we didn't see it all of season four but there it is he's the one that is pushing everything forward like, like earlier we're like oh could it be the demon no that's totally xander xander is the one that chose to leave a bad situation at his house he's the one that's mm-hmm. that's helping him and anya move forward to the next step he got this new apartment he got a promotion he's now the lead constructor in that area of California or some shit. So Xander did all that. And then it's his insecurity side, the side that's like clumsy and says the wrong thing and insecure and uh, like ashamed of a lot of the things that he grew up with. That's the Xander that's holding him back. So it's, it's interesting to see the two of them displayed like that. So let's cut to the last scene. Uh, Riley and Buffy are helping Xander move out of the basement. Xander points out to Riley all the memories, right? Like, that's where Spike slept. That's where Anya and I drowned as a Pavro demon. Um, that's where I got my heart ripped out. I really hate this place. <laughs> um, 
Buffy notices that Anya's no longer wearing her sling, and Anya's like, yep, I'm feeling better and anticipating many years before my death, accepting disease or airbag failure. And Buffy's just like, that sounds nice. <laughs> and um, Xander asks Anya to help move boxes, and Anya says, well, Buffy has super strength. Why don't we just load her up like one of those little horses? <laughs> And Xander says quite forcefully, Anya, please. And Anya's like, fine, fine. So she takes the box and goes. And Xander goes to Riley and says, how can uh, she always make me feel like suave Xander has left the building? And Riley says, well, you two have friction, but she digs the whole package. It's obvious. And Xander says that he envies Riley sometimes for the sanity. And I was like, that is really fucking rich. Like, shut up, Xander. It's such a dig at your girlfriend to say that. He says, not that I'm still into Buffy, not that I ever was. And Riley says, well, he's aware of how lucky he is. Buffy is like nobody else in the world. When I'm with her, it's like I'm split into half of me on fire going crazy if I'm not touching her. The other half is so peaceful and so still and so peaceful, just perfectly content, just knows that this is the one. And then he pauses for a second and then he looks at Xander and he says, but she doesn't love me. Well, I like the guy talk. Yeah. Yeah, I like the guy talk too. Let's finish it off before we talk about that for a second. Okay. Buffy comes in and Buffy's like, got anything else for me to carry? And she gives Riley a kiss and, and Xander just watches that. So, oh, like, I, honestly, this is like, I, I think this is the most I've ever felt for, for Riley. And that includes back in season four when the thing whole thing with Faith happened because they mm. didn't seem to care about that on Riley's point of view as much, right? This is Riley's point of view. This is Riley realizing and maybe for the first time ever saying it out loud to Xander, who's become his new best friend. They have a lot of similarities, like we said. But I think this conversation he had with Buffy in the car earlier finally like jerked him into this realization because he says here, right? She doesn't love me. And I think we've been we've known that. Well, it's hard because love is different with different people. Buffy, I think, does love Riley but it's not the same degree. It's not the same kind of passion. It's just not the same kind of love or meaningful love that she had with Angel. I'm not sure I agree. I don't think she loves Riley. I don't think she feels about Riley that way. Although she did say that she loves Riley when she was visiting Angel. Yeah. But no, I, I don't think she loves Riley. And I think maybe she's lying to herself when she says that she loves Riley. She wants to love Riley. Um, she thinks she should because he's her boyfriend. But where's the spark like yes there is a lot of action i guess they're into each other she's attracted to riley but what do they do like there there's no i don't know it doesn't feel like it's romantic to me and maybe i just don't understand romance but no i think and i think that's a valid way to look at it the way i see it is just um and then we said this a lot in season four right like Sometimes you have boyfriends, sometimes you have relationships that are good for a time. And that doesn't mean that you don't love them to some degree. I just don't think the love that she has for Riley is the level it needs to be for Riley to feel it, but also for the relationship to last forever, right? It's, it's, a, it's love for a time, but it's not enough love to go the distance, in my opinion. And I don't think that, I, I like as much as I think in this episode, Riley finally says it out loud, he's probably been feeling this way since he found out about Angel back in the Yoko Factor, like back around that time period, because he heard about the kind of love that Buffy has had for this other guy. And he he's insecure about that. But also Buffy's not giving him 
He's not. She's not giving him the love back. Right. So. I will also point out, right, you don't need to have an epic love story like Buffy and Angel had. I, I think we should remember that sometimes trying to hold out for like your OTP can get you into toxic and unhealthy relationships as you try to find like that true love. There's nothing wrong with being with somebody and maybe you don't love them, but maybe they're good for you. I just think that Buffy and Riley's problem, and we've said this before, is communication. Mm. They don't want to talk about honestly about their relationship. Buffy doesn't want to admit to Riley that she doesn't love him. And so whether or not their relationship could ever really work long term, I don't think it can at this moment because they're not being honest with each other. Yeah, I agree with that, too. The last thing I'll say about this uh, for now is that at the end of Buffy versus Dracula, remember we kind of had that discussion about the three men, Xander, Giles, and Riley, and where they were at the end of that episode. Remember, mm. Xander made a proclamation. He said, I'm going to make a change. Like, I don't want to be everyone's butt monkey anymore. Well, look at how much he's grown in this one episode, how much he's accomplished for himself. Giles also, obviously all through season four, feeling like he had no purpose. He was going to leave in season five, but look, now he has two jobs. He owns a magic shop and he's going to be Buffy's watcher again. But then there's Riley, right? And I think maybe Riley's growth from that episode to this one is that he has this realization and he's saying it out loud for the first time. I'm just, I find it interesting how like these other guys are kind of getting over that hump of insecurity, but here's Riley just addressing it now. So let's see how where this goes. Ooh, I don't know. Um, I did feel bad for him here, though. So who is your hero? I'm going to go with Anya because she is honest within, in this episode. Uh, she tells Xander how she feels. You know, she's afraid. And I think it takes a lot to admit, you know, that you're vulnerable, especially when you spent the last thousand years as a vengeance demon. She's really opening up to Xander. And, and it's clear that, he is important to her as as much as she can be a little petulant sometimes as much as she can be moody you know uh she cares for him and he does care for her even if we criticize you know uh his attitude towards her sometimes and i appreciate that anya is honest with him in this episode good choice um i was gonna say my hero was uh, posh Sander <laughs> for for moving shit along. That's that's that was mine. Oh, I like that. I I like to see people better themselves, and I think that's what he's attempting to do here. So I I'll give him it. I'll give him the hat. Another Xander centric episode where I give him the hero hat. Yeah, I mean it's nice to have these Xander centric episodes. You know, as much as we go through the Xander slander, like you know, at the end of the day, yeah, I still think Xander's character hasn't aged well. Um, but certainly there are elements of his character that can be funny and comedic and enjoyable. And every once in a while, the writers find a way to make it work. Agree. So we got one hot steak today, right? Um, yeah, so we do. We have one hot steak. This is from Rhonda, who says, I just listened to your episode on Wild at Heart, and one of those readings got me thinking about a repeating pattern. The majority of situations that involve a man ending a relationship and leaving the woman heartbroken... It's always on the explanation that it's the right thing to do, or for the best. Angel leaves. Oz leaves. Uh, she mentions another thing that happens that we will not discuss because it is a spoiler. Uh, each of these have in common that the men are doing something to be altruistic and for the best while leaving the woman heartbroken 
in context of the story, I understand what's happening, but knowing what we know about Joss Whedon, I can't help but read it as, I have to hurt you because I love you. Ooh. So very true. And I believe it was like Joss Whedon at one point had even said, like, when Buffy's unhappy, our ratings go up. So he probably thinks in that, he's like, in his brain, he's like, when women are unhappy, the ratings go up. So it doesn't surprise me at all that um, he puts characters like Willow and Buffy and Anya through heartbreak so that we feel for them and they have somewhere to go from there. I see it. Well, I think there's also maybe an element of the ways in which uh, in our society when uh, men come out of a romantic relationship, we often don't let them talk about their feelings the same way that we expect women to. So, you know, Buffy and Willow perform their heartbreak quite openly, but Angel, of course, has to be Broody McBroodface because he's not allowed to cry and, you know, eat tubs of ice cream and stuff because... Unless it's I will remember you. (laughs) lest we forget (laughs) never forget uh but yeah so i think that might be an element too but interesting thought there Rhonda. thanks for sharing yeah thanks for sharing and uh here's a little hot steak once in a while car and i come in here and just like because we hey we're we're really active on social we we see what's going on there um just a reminder and i think we've said this before we've definitely talked about this before uh (laughs) we moderate our comment sections on our on Twitter, on TikTok, Instagram. Um, that's what makes Prophecy Girls what it is, right? We want to make sure that this, the conversations we're having are productive, but also respectful to everybody. So um, if you post something that's inappropriate or um, something that we f- feel is harmful and not contributing to the conversation in the way that is helpful at all, uh, we'll, we'll delete your comments. <laughs> And for anybody out there who's like, why was Buffy's comment at the end of Restless about Sinea's hair racist? Uh, You should read Don't Touch My Hair by Emma Dabiri, who is a black Irish journalist. Um, And she goes all into the history of black hair and hairstyles and uh, the importance of black hair in various African cultures. So uh, if you know, if you just feel like I need to learn more about that before commenting on Instagram posts, asking why, go read that book. Oh, yeah. Or sharing that you think that, you know, there's no way that's racist because X, Y, and Z. Uh, read the book. Uh, educate yourself. We try to educate ourselves. And we're glad that the majority of our listenership like to do that with us. So uh, just please be aware that when you post these things, they matter. <laughs> you know, like we see them, people see them, people read them. We're, we're a safe space here, but uh, not for sharing those kind of comments. Cool. <laughs> Thank you, all of our Buy Me A Coffee supporters, especially our chosen ones, Lizzie, Hannah, Holly, Kayla, Brady, Jordan, Lena, Julian, Nicola, and Luis. And Emma, Taza, Kyle, Destiny, Erica, Allison, Jace, Haley, and Tasha. Thanks, everyone. We are Toph. Praise Malik. We will see you next week. Bye.
Thanks for listening to Prophecy Girls. If you want and can't afford to donate, head over to buymeacoffee.com slash prophecygirls for one-time and monthly options. We appreciate all of your support, even if it's just spreading the word about us or enjoying our show week by week. We also invite you to join us in the discussion by messaging us on our social media channels. Follow us at Prophecy Girls Podcast on TikTok, Instagram, and Facebook prophecy underscore girls on twitter also email us at prophecygirlspodcast at gmail.com or visit our website prophecygirls.ca where you can find the link to our discord can't wait to hear from you praise malik see you next week